Hello and welcome to the WTF podcast. On this episode, we have myself, Jim Carroll Cobham, Tyrone Holder, and Tazio O'Reilly. So this week we're gonna preview, we're gonna review game week nine of the English Premier League and preview game week 10. Um, we're gonna start with the Chelsea and Norwich game, which finished um 7-0 to Chelsea. Um Tazio, you could start us off. Oh, no problem. Um I I was expecting a rope for this game, although Chelsea is not a team who has been high scoring this season. But I expected them to destroy uh, Norwich because of their positional play. So someone would always be in on board. However, I was left with a bit of taste. Um, Kai Havertz, seven goals, no assists, no goals, nothing. Uh, I, I could be a little bit of because I had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> and he probably got like three points. But I, I expected more from him in this game. I, I felt like he didn't affect the game. Even that pass before the final pass, he was still missing. He's still absent. He wasn't there. Um, it was a tough day at the office for Norwich. I never thought that they had a chance. As much as I think that they have good players and as much as I champion them sometimes to a team who's considered as minnows, I never I wrote them off completely and rightly so. But you know, Chelsea were good all around. Uh, good to see Chilwell joining in the fun. Miss a month. I uh, this is an unexpected performance for him for me. I knew that he would at least be good, but this was beyond what I thought. Um, any notable standouts other than those players for me? Um, probably not. Nothing more I could really say about this game other than my complete disappointment in Kay Havert. Mm. Um, well, no Lukaku. Um, Havertz replaced him at the top, as you said. No goals or assists, which was pretty disappointing. Um, this is not typical Chelsea. Chelsea really scored two goals and then managed the game. Um, but this was a complete blow. I don't know if it's because yeah. they had a lot of French players in the team trying to stake a claim for the place. Um, has Senadoy Mount coming back after being, I think, rested for a couple of games. Or was he injured? Not sure. Um, Kai Havertz, didn't, <laughs> he didn't do anything for his... Um, he didn't do anything for himself. Um, you know, being that Lukaku and Werner both um, absent. Um, what to say about Norwich. Um, I honestly don't think Norwich can get 10 points because Norwich don't seem to be learning for any mistakes. Um, not, nothing has changed so far. They continue to play the same attacking football. However, they don't score goals. I think Norwich relegated. I don't think they will get 10 points this season. Probably have the Saturday manager. Um, but 
totally dominant from Chelsea. And as I expected from Norwich, that, that's my take on the game. Tyrone? Yeah, well, the guys pretty much summed it up. Um, um, my viewpoint is on the circumstance. Uh, Chelsea, completely dominant. I, I really appreciated the the goal threat that, that, that Mason Mount was um, throughout the game. Always looking lively, looking to shoot. Um, and link up with the, the wing backs uh, who tore holes in, 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 in Norwich. But I guess that's not hard because... Let's face it, we might have been trying to square around the issue. Norwich are absolutely horrible. And it's not that they have bad players, as Taz alluded to, but this is a poorly coached team. Um, in the conversation I would have been having with some of the guys earlier this week, I advocated to get rid of this coach. And you, you can't continue the season with this coach. <laughs> he, did this, he did this in his previous Premier League stint. Um, and somehow got back into the Premier League from the Championship and coming back doing the same thing again. You cannot stay in the Barclays Premier League coaching like this. This is bad coaching. You have to get rid of this man. You have to. If you intend to, as Carlo said, get at least 10 points on the board. That's the truth. And that's me on, on, on the game. Total dominance by Chelsea. Norwich are absolutely woeful. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. Like, <laughs> I mean, a team that's supposed to be an attacking team that play attractive football. However, them don't score goals. They just yeah. can't see. That's amazing. All right, I'm on to the Brighton, Brighton and um, Manchester City. Um, I was kind of surprised yeah. because, um, well, before I go ahead, um, Man City 4, Brighton 1. Brighton at home. I was kind of surprised at the result because Brighton is a pretty solid team. Uh, my city was out the gates like real fast. I think it was two love before um, 20 minutes or something like that. Um, well, before 30 minutes, Gundogan and uh, Foden. Yeah. And then it was three love in like a half hour. So yeah, I, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked at the performance of Brighton. Um, Brighton usually put up a fight against these teams and hold the ball very well against these teams. They weren't um, able to hold the ball against Man City. Man City, I think they have stepped up another gear. Don't know if it's with the re-emergence of Liverpool um, or... The dominance of Chelsea, I don't know what it is, but Man City look different than they look at the beginning of the season in the early game weeks. That is for sure. I don't know if it's because the players, well, Foden, Batfit, KDB, I don't know what it is, but Man City look different. And I was kind of shocked at the performance that Brighton would have um, displayed in the first 30, 30 to 40 minutes. Man City totally dominated the game, and the game was finished by halftime, as the score reflected. Uh, but again, very disappointed in Brighton. Um, tears your Tyrone. Um, um, well, for me, I just think this. Okay, if you want to go ahead, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, because it was going to probably be... Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was probably going to be a bit shorter than you. were just going to say that Brighton, I don't... I believe that they started to believe their own height and thought that they could out-football Manchester City. And that was a grave mistake on the on the part of um, Graham Potter. I, I like the commitment to the cause and everything like that. But you're not going to out-football Manchester City. And they learned that. They learned that quite quickly. Probably within 30 minutes, they learned that. And also, City has become a different unit, just to touch on something like Carol said, simply because they exposed my bias here. The, the re-emergence of Kevin De Bruyne and the team. Of course, you're gonna go for another little, go for another game. You got a level of quality coming coming into the team. Obviously, still four and two, um, you know, coming back into the team and catching my his farm from the um, from before the the, the Euros as well. So you, you're not gonna football City Brighton. That's the truth. So you learn that, and Graham <coughs> Potter probably will approach it differently next time around. All right. So just to follow, yeah, just to follow on from what your last name when you say maybe he approach it differently. I just think that he got his targets wrong. Um, I must commend that midfield three for my city. They were able to dominate uh, midfield five from uh, Brighton, which give the three forwards uh, Grealish, Foden, and Jesus a good one-on-one matchup with the, with the back three of Brighton. And also Menacing fullbacks, uh, Cancelo, Walker, they were crazy. They were all action. Yellow cards, tackles, passing, overlapping. They they were really good. Uh, along with the midfield three. So I mean, Foden. All Foden had to do is just take his chances when he was one on one with any of the back three at any point in time. Um. So I just I just think this was a situation where he got his tactics wrong. And the goal from Poland came like in quick succession, like two or three minutes apart, no time to recover. And then Mares capping it off in the in the 90th plus couple of days. So um I think it, it, like if I if I was to nitpick at something, I I feel like Brighton should have started with Duffy and also Tariq Lampsey. Who probably would have gave Cancelo some trouble on the other side. I mean, as good as Cancelo is, he he has some deficiencies defensively. Uh, yeah, Lampy's a little nifty, can cause some trouble. It's not like he's world class or anything. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, he can cause some some problems for any defender. Um, Potter, um, I don't want to say arm um, too much, but just just to get across this point, Tyrone was saying that they, they started to believe their hype a little too much, and honestly, I I don't mind that from Brighton. I'd rather watch Brighton try to attack and lose again than to sit back with a back five and part the bus against Man City. And and I I would applaud Potter for that attempt. I mean. It needs a little more steel in the midfield other than Robin. I'm, I'm new to this guy, Modern, but. Uh, Besuma is missing. So he usually provides yeah. the. Uh, yeah, the steel and, and grip. Then you have Lalana, and then you have Lalana, and they're giving cover, which is any much cover. That pot cover falling off. <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 I rather this attacking 
attempt than to see them sit back and just lump the ball along to Trossard or, or Neil Muppet. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give Brighton a pass for this game because it's my city and that midfield three were really, 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 really good. To handle that ball against those five, five midfielders from Brighton. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on it. All right. Um, the Friday game we actually missed, which was Arsenal and Aston Villa. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Arsenal won the game 3 1. Um, I actually watched that game. Arsenal was totally dominant. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like it looked like Lacazette was playing like an attacking midfield. That's what it looked to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I Saints Arsenal how to put it got the full team. Arsenal looked pretty solid. Um, in all the games I watched so far, with the exception of Palace, where they were dominated, which was kind mm-hmm. of strange. But I think I think Arsenal, I think Arsenal look good. <laughs> look better than Spurs and and you know West Ham and them <laughs> kind of teams. But I think I think Arsenal can be right. Um, yeah, Ar- Arsenal dominate the game from start to finish. Um, I can't even say a lot in concentration because the goal that um, Ramsey scored, that was a good goal. People was never getting to that, but yeah, 3-1 to Arsenal. Um, I don't know who they have this weekend, but I would expect them to continue um, the continue the recent dominance. But it was, I was impressed with the performance from Arsenal last Friday, for sure. All right, so Tyrone, as the resident Arsenal fan, we can let you go last. Um, this is this is one of the first performances I saw from Arsenal that I was convinced. Like they they got results in other games, and you know, like even the derby game, no matter how bad the team is playing, when it's derby day, anybody can win. And even the one results that they got before that, like you know, it's just. It was just Arsenal finding that they are being able to top it out and the defense having a good day. But this is the first game we've seen Arsenal really, really, really play well. And, and that was just unfortunate for Aston Villa. The, the introduction of Lacazette as a 10, I've been advocating this uh, with some of my Arsenal friends. And before Ozil left, I felt like he should have been a deep line playmaker as well. But I guess Arteta had other plans. But like I said, at 10, that that was brilliant. And I mean, it seems like he is a glue. I mean, no shade to Odegaard, but he he does not have he some somehow he does not have that that ticking. That um, Lacazette has keep the ball rolling. I mean, even in instances where he has to play back the goal and hold up the ball, or in, incorporate uh, Smith Rowe and Saka, that, that that was good. I mean, even outside of uh, Partey's goal, he was really really good on the ball as well. And uh, we got to see his range of passing. I think uh, Tavares was really good as well, and that should give. Arteta something to think about when 
Um, what's his name? Tierney. Tierney. Tierney returns to the team. Tavares was really good. I mean, I, I I'm raving about I'm raving raving about Arsenal here. At the same time, I'm not a fan of this battery that that uh, Aston Villa is playing. I I criticized it before when it had looked like a five-three-two, and now it's three at the back, McGinn and friends in the middle, and I don't know how Burundi is playing central. I I don't know what's going on there. I think Dean Smith is getting tired of it. I, I, you can't be experimenting at this point. You need to get some points on the board, or you're going to find yourself in Norwich Conference. But kudos to Arteta and Arsenal. That was, that was a top, top, top performance for a Friday game. Yeah, it was. I don't think that Arsenal Villa got a single shot on or off target in the first half. <laughs> he, changed, he changed the whole. He changed the whole system. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they Aston Villa weren't atrocious enough. I mean, but they were following people all the time and players who are good technically. You you're gonna struggle. Eventually you're gonna run out of fouls to give. You you have to find something other than following people. And, and that, was, that was just my take on it. Hey Ron. Yeah, so Tyrone, you gonna see yeah. I, I being I being a bit tentative with the coach, everybody knows where he stands. I'm I'm uh, I'm a watch and wait type of guy with this coach. Um because there have been times where I've been very, very unconvinced. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of things on the up and we can do so much better you, now and uh, and you, that kind of thing. You just so you just saying this because we got less than next. No, they're talking. This is generally because I mean, I end the I end the circumstance. I don't know if because I've seen Arsenal play decent in two games, and I can't outright say I can't outright say I can't choose between very bad off farm opposition or Arsenal being outstanding, you know what I mean? The two games I've I, I referring to is this one here, um, which we played well for, I would say, about 80 minutes, and the, the 35 to 40 minutes we played against Spurs. In both instances, you had teams, you, you played teams that were in poor form, and uh, Aston Villa, obviously, as you would have mentioned, the shit that they're playing, I don't think that is suiting the players, and, and D. Smith also has some selection problems with players that he's giving out of his team, and as you said, experimenting where he where he shouldn't be, and he should be trying to get some points on the board. So, saying that, that is what's causing me to, you know, stagger my enthusiasm. Um, but there were some very, very, very good individual performances, a lot of them, and that's the collective of outstanding individual performances caused the overall um, result. Nuno Tavares, Benjamin White, um, the bat was very good. Uh, Tomiyasu solid as general, solid as usual. Um, in the midfield, Thomas Partey was good. I mean, Smith Rowe was a player got a lot of time for the Croydon De Bruyne. Uh, he got a lot of time for Emmy Smith Rowe on the left hand side coming in. Um, um, Saka didn't have the best game either on the right hand side, but he was also he got in a couple of good crosses. Um, yeah, back to scoring goals again, and Alakazette. Lacazette tactically as a number 10 suits Aubameyang, 
suits Saka and suits Emil um, Smith Rowe because the ball is going to stick with Lacazette and it allows a Bamian to run off the shoulder. Right? So that's which, which is his game and Lacazette's game is more of a back to goal, back to goal game. So players can play their natural, natural game and Lacazette also is an extremely hard worker in that same um, whole area if you play the ball into him and he's chasing it down. At one point in time, he... He was tracking runners like a defensive midfielder up front, and that and that inspires players like Saka and, and, and Smith Rowe and young players. When you see that type of thing, you're not going to get that same level of work from Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard is more of a luxury player in that role than Lacazette. Lacazette can graft. Lacazette has the ability to pass and create, and also to score goals if he gets the opportunity. And it takes some of the burden away from Obama and the attention as well. Allows him to go in and, you know, um, get a chance on goal or whatever the case may be. Then you've got Smith Rowe and Saka that the highly technical players that can, that can play a ball into somebody that they know is going to stick with. And they don't have to decide if it passes ball into him, should I then make a run? They know they can pass the ball into Lacazette and then quickly make a run for the flick on. Or Lacazette take two touches and put them through. Rather than them knowing they have to play a ball to Obama up front, either over the top or through space that he can run onto rather than to play with somebody. So like I said, definitely facilitates facilitates the team to play the shape that the coach wants to play more successfully. And he, of course, would be a, a significant goal threat in the box because he's a recognized striker as well. So say all of that to say, again, staggering the enthusiasm. I want to see how we come out away at Leicester City and that guy would maybe then um, allow me to start to believe a bit more because I also think the coach has now decided <laughs> that he is going to trust his back, his back four because you buy them, you're playing them and I thought at first he was not trusting them. He was still being a bit tentative and trying to get a lot of cover for them. I think he's growing in confidence in them now and allowing them to play at least 10 to 15 yards further forward and trusting them to to let the team and as a whole play as a result. So I think that would benefit from us in overall and hopefully we get the results against last start if we can. Uh, well, say, uh, to be honest, when I give my opinion, I don't ever try to change anyone's mind. I just share my opinion. So let me give you some facts here and, and hopefully you could go into the weekend with a little more confidence against Leicester. So you got 22 shots on goal. I mean, in total, sorry. And those are the same 22 shots he got against Frankfurt, the game which he lost. And then he had nine shots on target, yeah? Also, he, he was able to pass the um, passing accuracy of uh, 81. Good, relatively good is 80. And then he completed 454 passes. Seeing that he scored three goals, we know that most of them weren't sideways and backwards. Now, Leicester has been struggling, and I don't mean to jump in from the review. That has been struggling and really keeping cost tonight. You, as a fan, you, you got to be a little more excited about this Arsenal Because Aston Villa wasn't far off. Like, they, they weren't absolute trash. You you were able to control the game more so than anything. So I, I don't think that you should write off this as a, a body at the office for Aston This is, this is, is superb from Arsenal. And this is something that you as an Arsenal fan probably wanted to speak for a very long time, wasn't it? So it, you got to give them it, all right? And they had 17 fouls. And this was the great fight that you wanted to see. 
And with those 17 fouls, you only managed two yellow cards. So, Arsenal fans, you should be happy. You should be screaming. You should be kicking. And going into the weekend with some confidence. Yeah, I agree. Um, however, I I still agree with Tyrone. We're <laughs> you know what I mean. You still you still go like I mean. You play Aston Villa. You play Spurs. Two teams that you know season ain't really get off the ground yet. Um, they go another this. They go another this weekend. Leicester, on the other hand, Leicester farm chain Saints who decided to play what was working last season, which was the 3 5 2. Mm-hmm. And, and Leicester always get Arsenal trouble. Always, always, always. So if Arsenal. Jamie Vardy, Dr. Cross Ricardo, Jamie Vardy has 11 goals and 13 appearances against Arsenal. Right. So if, if, if <laughs> Arsenal can can have a similar display this weekend as they did last Friday, then then any Arsenal fan should comfortably say that, yeah, Arsenal there to stay. But if they come and give you one of the performances like against Palace, then, you know, questions give me yes, you know. Uh, we really dominate Aston Villa because we arrive or because Aston Villa bad. So Tyrone got all right to have that opinion, <laughs> to be quite honest. Sure, so like, let's have a friendly video, yeah? In those, in those 13 appearances against Arsenal, Vardy has 11 goals. And so we 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 could give a little a little bet here. It can be 14 appearances with the same 11 goals. Vardy and no party. I am not sure because uh, he 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 gets up last week. No, 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 no. I, he gets up last week because of the injury. Apparently, he's fit. So I don't know if the fit means fit to start or because Daka played the full 90 in midweek. I think that was the League Cup. Yes. League Cup games. Right. Daka played the full 90 and... The natural came on. Vardy didn't take part at all. So I don't know if that means Vardy can start or if that means he's not fully fit. I don't know. So I can't I can see it. Um, I know that you're looking forward to the game. And we can see if Arsenal really, you know, come to the table or if Arsenal... Uh, only dominating by teams, but we'll see. Um, on to the main event, or so we talk. <laughs> Manchester United and Liverpool. I know I will let Tyrone go first because I know he he <laughs> he got a lot to say pertaining <laughs> to Manchester and their coach. So you can go ahead, Tyrone. United deplorable. Problem. United deplorable. I th- I knew it was bad structurally, but I didn't know it was this bad. Jeez, Atlanta Atlanta showed it up in the midweek. If Demarell did not leave the pastor, United would have probably maybe get one, only one. They were not turning around that mm-hmm. game in midweek. If them rather ever stay on the field, so Paul scores like a prophet. I don't know what. He 
get some vaccine again. Like a prophet said in midweek, if they bring this same game plan and structures against Liverpool, they will get smashed and suicide. So then, suicide. So then, it was. If you watch back over some of those goals, it was. It is absolutely comical. You you cannot believe. It's it's all well and good for Premier League football teams to have some players as messages. All of us at some point in our lives were watching football. Saw people like um players Bramble and them kind of guys playing football, but. Manchester United at this level at the beginning of the season, you cha- you're gonna be a title challenger, you're gonna win this and you're gonna win that, and that is the kind of defending that you're doing. I, 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 I don't even know how to put it into words, it's absolutely ridiculous. And you and the type of crashing into each other and thing you, you've seen that last season intermittently between, especially two against the same, the same two players somehow. I don't know, they can't avoid each other in defending who are falling each other. Other branding each other, pulling one, other falling one, other like team because you want to score goals. It, something got to be done there. Something needs to be done there. And I don't have to talk about Liverpool because Liverpool did not even have to get out of second gear for the more first. Liverpool did not even have to put a real effort in to beat Manchester United that weekend. And they probably took the foot off, took their foot off the gas in the second half too because that game could end up at, 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 at least eight. That's the honest truth. And I, I almost saw like a Manchester United, Manchester United fan because it upset me to see Manchester is this bad. And and the like, type of errors that they're making are very, very basic errors that like the average coach doing a a, 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 a basic license will be able to tell the players, you know, distances, who are in positions, you know, and that kind of thing. Like, Holy shape of the team, holy structure, whole defensive line, them kind of things. Like, were you you just you totally losing your head? And then players like Ronaldo are supposed to be so disciplined for himself, especially how he's maintaining his physical fitness and that kind of thing. Losing his head, um, had a, a orange card basically against. I think it was Frank Alexander Arnold or one of them. Uh, youngsters kicking the ball, kicking the ball onto the player, and. It, then rumors coming out, this body one left and that body one left, they're happy with the coach. Uh, it's a deep, uh, goodness me, hopefully the in El Sakiko at the weekend, we see some kind of um, resurgent Manchester team that wants to restore some kind of pride in the team and uh, some kind of assertive structure and coaching has been done this week that can give Manchester United fans some kind of hope because it's only been tears this week. Delicious tears, but tears. That's me. Um, all right. This season is real strange in terms of defending for Manchester because I know he's not the, the most tactical of uh, coaches. Um, he ain't really got stuff. He does um, basically play a counter-attack, keep it tight at the back, and let the attack figure out itself. Um, you know, usually individual brilliance. Um, I don't know what's going on with the defending, because especially in these big games, because he will usually set up and Manchester would nip these teams on the break, or the game will usually finish in the log. So it's evident that something going on in the background that causing these kind of performances. So I don't doubt 
that the players disgruntled, unsettled, and unhappy. Um, now let me go back to what I had said earlier. Um, people thought that signing Ronaldo would have fixed the problem. I didn't think so. I think that that created a problem for Manchester because uh, you can't sign Ronaldo and then you can f- favor your youth players because that's where you uh, basically learn from Ferguson or, or that's where you sought Manchester before. If you got Ronaldo, you have to pick the personnel to accommodate Ronaldo. So you can't have Ronaldo and two inside forwards. You gotta have Ronaldo, an inverted winger or two inverted wingers or two natural wingers. Like you got um, Greenwood who can cut in and shoot. You have Rashford who can cut in and shoot. You got Ronaldo who won't score. You got one creative midfielder who he won't score himself. I mean, he would pass, but he won't score himself. Um, he would run beyond Ronaldo. And then you got Luke Shaw, who does apparently create a lot of chances, but don't get a lot of assists. So you got Ronaldo and your team, probably the greatest goal scorer of all time, but you don't have any creativity or much creativity to help Ronaldo score goals. So I, I think that's Manchester problem in attack. In terms of the defending, I think they're just going to get by the basics because they know how to defend. They was doing it for any time he took over. My new problem is getting the attack started. He need to find a way to get Sancho because Sancho is not somebody that looking to score goals. He more looking to set up. Sancho Pogba. Yeah, Pogba in the team. He can have to leave out his favorites in Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, F. Ronaldo in the team. I mean, it worked last year with Cavani because he scored all goals from off the bench and then he start. Um, I can't tell you who was in the lineup then. But what I can tell you is that Juventus had the most crosses in Syria last year. And that's no coincidence. Um, I'm happy that he didn't get fired because I don't really believe in firing coaches. Give people, you know, a chance. At any season, if you don't perform, then you let it go because he get the signings. Um give the full season to perform. Obviously, if things get ridiculously bad, then, you know, you're forced to let go of the whole bar. So it's forced to let go of Koma. But I will give the season and see how things go. That's my take on the Manchester. Don't have anything on <laughs> Liverpool because Liverpool is Liverpool. The only body that got a problem with Liverpool in the whole wide world is Tazio. <laughs> oh, my word. I said... I might be wrong, but I am going down on this hill. Um, what, what we can say about mine is it, we, we had a graphic earlier uh, in our chat, right? That basically sums up United's entire season. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, you have three Liverpool players in front of 
both center backs, the right back, two CDMs, and heading to goal. And the only person who is back there scrambling like a fish out of water is the left back, who came across and covered for Harry Maguire. I am not sure if this is a tactic that is uh-huh, stop him. But he goes into the midfield, continues, he leaves battling. You are the captain. You are the leading, commanding center back, whether Varane is there or not. And you come and you completely disregard keeping shape and step into the midfield to win a ball. It's nine of the times you never win. If it comes off, if it works, it looks good, no problem. And you usually see it within a back three. But you're playing a back four. It's not working. And you continually do it. If the coach is asking you to do it and it's not working, do you continue to do it? Or do you disregard that instruction? And, and try to see it and see it. This is absolutely shambolic. And, and the fact that three players is in front of all those players, going at Shaw, and we have Trent Arnold, coming in in the rear, bursting the gut to actually get forward and get in some of the action. In regards of Ole, I am not a fan of sacking coaches unless you're talking about Juventus and I am in fan mode. I always want to coach up. But generally, I'm not a fan of sacking coaches. But I think I think it's it's a situation like what Barca went through with Coleman a little too late. Ole should be gone since summer. And the fact that you gave him a stay of execution and you're seeing these results, and you, obviously reports came out with Sir Alex Ferguson backing him, is another stay of execution. You you bought him, the club bought him, you give him everything that he asked for, and he's still not producing. In the real world, a lot of people will be fired, no matter what field they're working in but somehow Ole has it. And I mean, tactics is part of football. And if you are not a great tactician, that's fine. But somewhere, somehow on your coaching staff, you have to have somebody who is tactically sound. And it seems like no one there is. I thought Carrot was that person. They're often uh, in conversation on the sidelines when you watch games. But then nothing happens. And we go back to the game against young boys. McKenna's was with tactics, apparently. McKenna's like, like he's the person with tactics. And I've heard rumor, rumor mill, Manchester five, rumor mill says his tactics are academy level. That's what it's that's what they've been called. <laughs> Would I have to be? Because the game against young boys, you you you're struggling. The score is still one on. Ronaldo doesn't have the likes. You don't know player. What do you do? You leave Ronaldo on hoping that he'll score? When he should be off like years ago. And then you bring on, then you bring on Jesse Lingard. Then you bring on Marshall Lace in the game. I ask Jesse Lingard to play a defensive role or for like a That's Hello? Yeah, yeah sorry about that. Some, something happened there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry about that. And then you bring on Martial, uh, Justin Lingard to play a deeper role, maybe playing some work defending. And then he makes a atrocious back pass. 
you, you should never be in that position to make those decisions to make that decision. And then you continually you continually put players in positions where they're going to fail. Like how how are these things getting past you? And and you were a former player. I mean, like you had to be in situations, you had to have experiences where you've seen these things before. But yeah, you, you still let it happen. And it is all on you and and, and there's what is happening at my energy. Like, things are being things are being done and Oli is doing nothing. And if early in the season when we were praising them and I told you like they're in party mode, everybody's happy. That is that uh, that's us seeing him as a good man manager. You know, probably putting hands around people and giving them confidence. But when the tough get going, like, you you got something else in your locker. Are you gonna go? And I feel like he should be gone. I I but it is kind of a count of my United because every time he needs a result, my United gets a result. And all it is safe for me. And they will probably win the following game as well. And they lost three on they lose three on a drop. And then we back at square one saying all it out. Um you, you gotta cut the umbilical for it. If this was Moyes, he'd be gone. He's a dead man walking. Let me, let me, we gotta be, we gotta face it. He is a dead man walking. The next re- bad result or bad two bad results in the row, he's a dead man walking. He got, he got more chances than the previous coaches. You, you, you said Louis Van. Ha- you said Louis Van Hal is boring, and he was. Taz, you're cutting out, man. Taz? Yeah, Taz gone. So we can proceed with the... um. We'll proceed with the preview. Um, Leicester, uh, Arsenal. 7.30, Saturday morning, 30th of October. Ah, this, this is a tough one. Um... <laughs> I honestly cannot call this game. If I had to call it, I would call it a draw, like a one-hour draw. But Leicester does find a way to, to beat Arsenal and, and again does end up being high scoring. Um, I can Finally go with... Finally, football, I'll, I'll watch this player. What, well, you were talking about it, You cut out, so we move on to the... um. The preview. So we're previewing the last than Arsenal. Oh, that happened. right. That's so if I had to, so, cool. if I had to call, if I had to call this game, right? If I had to call it again. I would call a one-one draw. Yeah, be, I mean, it usually turns out how you scoring. You know, any favor of Leicester, but I, I ain't go with a draw. Just because of how solid Arsenal is and because of the inconsistent form that, that, that Leicester showing. Leicester to score, but Arsenal to also score. So I want one draw for me. Um, obviously, my heart is telling me 2-0. And I want to trust the defense just like the coach. But logic is also telling me the same thing that you just said. Um, Leicester City yeah, always sure, managed, managed to score on us, and 
and they would have given Jamie Vardy's record against us already having 11 goals in 13 games. Passing Duck is also coming into some to some form, and he's pretty deadly, like real, real, like where I don't even know if I prefer to face um, Vardy actually rather than him. Um, but I'd say logic says to all. If I trust my defense, I'd say 2-0 to Arsenal. I don't know if the data is not worth you going again. Yes, you All right, so Burnley Brentford. Um I can go with Brentford 2-0. Brentford got solid and Brentford got so let me see two goal scorers because Mbemo, he, he, he's more of a postman. But I think he's more of a luxury. Tony scores. Uh, and Mbemo is currently uh, nursing a hamstring injury. So I don't even know if he can play. Oh, okay. But yeah, 2 0 to Brentford, um, 20 to get a goal. Um, on to the next game. Oh, sorry, Tom. Um, you you got to give your opinion. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my headphones are giving some trouble. Good man, good man. Um, I actually like Brentford. I not Brentford. Sorry, Burnley trying to play a bit more football. I don't know if that's making the team uncomfortable. They're trying to play a bit more football, trying to get their ring box involved a little bit more, and trying to push on. Now, not just on like McNeil's side, but. On the side of Max with Carney as well. Um, that was since I, last season. It was doing yeah, the, the Wayne Bat season. Carney was there. Carney was, was there last there. season. Right. But, but since but, last season, the Wayne Bats was getting. They were trying to get them we, a bit more involved. Uh, yeah, then was getting some pain. Yeah, but but, but the use of just push forward on more so. Um, penetrating ways on the McNeil side, but well, it seems to be happening on both sides of the pitch. Now they got Carnier, and uh, so I say, I'd say, given last performance and his level of confidence, that Burnley has at least a goal in them. Um, so, but yeah, I, I agree that Brentford will score at least two, so two one. Tiazio, yeah, um. I got Brentford to dominate. It, it's it, <laughs> Burnley is still still not getting it. Sean Dyche is still not getting it. And if he continues in his vein, he will find himself in Norwich and friends at the bottom, struggling with uh, Newcastle and possibly Aston Villa by mid mid season. So I got Brentford to to dominate, maybe two 0 as well. I, don't know. I, don't, I try not to give the same scoreline, but they're not a high scoring team either. So I'll, I'll give them two goals. Okay. All right. So we're on to Liverpool and Brighton. Um, I won't spend long on this. Um, Liverpool got Salah, who I think is currently the best player in the world. Um, Brighton, usually solid, um, but. Playing Liverpool. Liverpool just put five in Manchester. I know Brighton again want to. <laughs> you know, Brighton again want to. Um, obviously, change the fortunes um, from the previous week. 
after losing four goals to one. But I can't see I can't see Brighton getting a result here. Um three goals to Liverpool, zero to Brighton. That's my prediction. Tyron? Uh this is our field. Oh. Yeah, uh, they still don't have the summer back, and if they, I, I, I wonder if you can put Lana back playing, trying to play some form of a deep line play and make a CDM role again because that was disastrous against City. So, if he tries that against Liverpool, definitely they can feel pain. So, they perform that size in as well, too. Champions League is the week after, right? Is it? I are this week, I'm not sure. Trying to figure out, figure if the coach can properly get Salah a break, um, especially after they did pretty well again in the cup. The French birds did pretty well in the cup game. Um, I don't think I don't think Salah get a break with Chelsea having Newcastle. Liverpool need to apply continue to to win to apply the pressure. When I say a break, I don't mean necessarily don't play. I mean like probably only sixty minutes. I mean, it has happened before. I, where I, he judging the score, I judging the score line. I judging the score line. That's what he's thinking. Because if he plays sixty minutes, it's less likely for Liverpool to score um, three plus goals. So, yeah, I'll go for three Liverpool three. Um, Brighton nil. Tizio. Well, I trust Graham Potter to uh, learn his lesson again. Uh, <laughs> for the game yesterday, I it'll be interesting to see his his tactical changes, and hopefully he he made some some changes and adjust. I expect Liverpool to win still, but I honestly think that it should be a better game. I want to give you a scoreline. I can't. I'll I'll go three one three one to Liverpool. I I want I want draw it up three one to Liverpool. Three one to Liverpool. All right. Um. So we can move on to yeah. Man City and Crystal Palace. Man City being at home. Um. I can go three 0 to Man City. Oof. Crystal Palace can try to play another game. <laughs> Don't fall too. Then can then can come come and rest a uh, and try to play football. You know. Um. Four one. 4-1 City. 4-1 City. Just being curious, um, who you got to score the goal for Palace? Because are you doing score? Um, and ben Funny enough, score. I was just about to say, funny enough, he's been he's actually been um, getting calls in recent weeks. So I can see him getting get, getting something on a on a set piece or maybe uh you know City pushes a little bit that extra to extra. Um, the are too too high and he, he game behind. Well, some one of the ringers like Olisay or Zaha game behind and you know and yes a goal from off of something off of a player. Okay. Ben Teke. Very nice. Tezio. Hmm. Oh, it depends. I city are vulnerable. Um. Uh, I, I don't I don't know I don't want to say huh? this, you this, you this you 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 City after that performance um last week that's the thing okay 
does the thing. You no, know, I ain't. I encourage for Lampy to start. I give the wing back some trouble. You no, know, Zaha starting. We can see that happening. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give Crystal Palace a goal. Two on two on a man city. Because they expect some changes from Pep. Because you got some maybe games coming. Two on two on the city. Two on to Man City. All right, so the next game is Newcastle and Chelsea. Newcastle being at home. Don't think that really makes a difference. Um, obviously, Chelsea confidence high after beating Norwich seven goals to zero. Um, Newcastle draw last week, right? Yes, I think they draw yeah, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah, New- yeah, Newcastle. Castle draw with the same Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, Chelsea two Newcastle zero. Um, Chelsea to go back to being Chelsea, scoring goals and then just seeing out the game. So Chelsea two Newcastle nil. Chelsea seems to find some kind of goal scoring form. Know that. Funny enough, that the clock was OTT. Hmm. I'd say I, I'd go for another high-scoring game. I think Chelsea can put three or more pass, um, pass Newcastle. So I'll go for I'll go for three. I'll call it three. Three love. It's Chelsea. Yeah, I get agree with everyone here. One. In a million again. Uh, <laughs> I'll go for a high square <laughs> game as well, but this is going to be another role. But, you know, yeah. I want, I want the attackers to finish with another hot trick. Whoa. Um, all right. So, what first of Metro six, right? Yeah. What first of All right. So, Watford um, won five goals to three or two, I think, last week against Everton. And Southampton drew. Can't remember. Um, what for Southampton? I gonna see a two-two draw. Two-two what draw. What for Southampton? Yeah. See, it's me picking up a one or two clean sheet here along the way, and. I'm impressed with, with, with the, the Chelsea Lonies and the Saints. I, I could see a draw as well, but I will go against the grain and say any team could anything could win that game. You know? yep. That's a funny. That's a that's such a funny game, boy. But you know what? I, I can go away and say maybe it's telling me. 2-0 Southampton. 2-0 Southampton. Oh, boy. I don't want to agree with Tyrone here again. Oh, Watford have been bad. Watford won 5-2 last week. Yeah, it won 5-2, but they were still bad. They're still giving up goals. And here, you know. I mean, it's just Everton, Everton was even worse. <laughs> oh, boy. So... Because I like Sar, I don't want to agree with Tyrone. I'll go walk for 2-0. Walk oh, for 2-0, okay. All right, 
according to Tayomi, on to El Sakio, 12.30 p.m. Saturday, October 30th, Tottenham versus Manchester. I actually got Spurs to win this game because I think that all of the pressure gave me on Manchester and all year. And people can forget how bad Spurs is, how bad they play, how bad they perform. <laughs> and I think Spurs can get a pass this game. So then we come into the game um, free of pressure. Uh, all the pressure gave me on Manchester United and Ole. Everybody looking at Ole, everybody want Ole a sack. I believe that that Hurricane and Song can do the job. Um, I can see a 2-1 to Spurs. Everybody want all this at Manchester United fans. Everybody want all this to stay. Arsenal playing Leeds in midweek. Arsenal playing Leeds in midweek and Leeds fans are singing Ole at the wheel. Nothing to do with Manchester United at all going on. <laughs> Arsenal playing Leeds. You hear what I tell you? And Leeds fans losing to Arsenal and singing that song. My love. <laughs> Boy, um, two nil United. Two nil to Manchester Tottenham. Why? The mighty have fallen. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call out Spurs, but based on history, whenever all they need is a, a win. Is somehow get it. so I'll yep. go to one to my I'll go to one to my United. I, I'm not going I'm not gonna count out uh, my United. And if as long as you got Ronaldo, you got a chance. So true. Right on to the <laughs> Sunday games. Um Norwich versus Leeds. Leeds United three, Norwich zero. Norwich will continue to get destroyed, in my opinion. Norwich harm. Yeah. Uh, Hard to disagree with that scoreline. <laughs> I, I, Leeds haven't been the most fantastic in front of the goal in front of in front of goal either. So I'll give Leeds two, two nil Leeds. Yeah, there's another high scoring game for me. I'll go by Leeds five, Norwich nil. Sure. I don't think as bad as Leeds. Yeah, as bad as Leeds may be in front of goal. I don't think they can. I don't think they can withstand a high person game from Leeds. They surely can against. <laughs> they surely can against um, Chelsea. Chelsea. And that was necessarily high person. Yeah, injury. Rafinha back. Um, I am not sure if he is going to play. It's 50-50. It, it doesn't even matter if Rafinha is back. Dan James playing. Any of those Jeez, guys don't do that to me, man. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Don't call Dan James. Dan James, we're not, a- we're not asking Dan James. She should be in the Caribbean. We're not asking. <laughs> but we're not asking Dan James to turn Ronaldo or Messi esque. All he needs to do is pressure across the ball. And I think he can do that against Norwich. Fair enough. Right, so we all yeah, agree I mean, that Leeds can destroy Norwich. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I give a five love. Another five love. 
All right, so the last game of the game week, um, Aston Villa versus West Ham. Mighty, mighty West Ham. Um, I would say a 2-2 draw because West Ham always give up a goal. Well, with the exception of last week against Spurs, Aston Villa with the likes of um, Danny Ings and Holly Watkins, they should be able to score. And West Ham can score. West Ham got um, Mikel Antonio, a.k.a. Mark Henry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm going with a 2 2 draw. I'll go um, Mikel Antonio 2, Aston Villa 1. My first instinct is to want to ask Villa as well, but I will. I, I go all time for D Smith, so I I I will go for D Smith, learning from his mistakes and going back to a a, a four man back line to a two or three man midfield and um maybe barely from start and instead of a two one to West Ham, I'll go to one to Villa. Want to Villa? All right. So before we wrap up, um. Topic of discussion, Ronald Koeman and Barcelona. Um, quick question. <laughs> quick question. <laughs> is it a case where the coach is bad and the players are good? Or is it the players bad, coach good? Players bad, coach bad. I feel it's expectation. Anybody? Uh, I think it's expectation, really and truly. Um, I, I am a big fan of Ronald Koeman because he, he don't have the best track record coach-wise. I mean, he might have the right ideals. Everybody knows how he... Uh, I had some Barcelona ties. Um, but coach-wise, I think he's kind of a taskmaster and he's not a, he's not very good in management-wise. I especially have a very... Uh, a dark cloud hangs over me when I think about his time. Uh, uh, a team that was near and dear to my heart at one point, Valencia. Uh, how he he went in there and, and completely dismantled the team. Um, so I can't say coach good at all, but I think that this Barcelona team, though name wise, if they could find the right motivation and and the right tactical setup, they can still. Um, give the results to compete. I don't think that this Barcelona team is a title challenging team in that sense. As something that you would have alluded to in previous podcasts, um, with the, the names of the players that were key players close to a decade ago are still there, no being key players still in that you can't really be doing that considering yourself a, a, a top, top team. You've got new. Newish players coming into the team, uh, Sufati and uh, Gavi and these guys, young, very, very young players, destined these guys that that are now coming in trying to make a name for themselves in the world of football. And you, you can't depend on them to take you to a title uh, at this stage. You know, the same way you shouldn't be depending on Gerard Piquet and, and, and Sergio Busquets at this stage in their career either. So you got uh, a bad coach and... Um, lofty expectations so of course you're going to lead to sub, 
a dividing fan base saying it's one or the other thing when really and truly it's both. And then um, now you at a crossroads because should I when a new coach comes in, what will you do if the results continue to go bad? Taz. Taz. Well, I'm from what we Alright, are breaking up. Hello? So can go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you was breaking up. You were breaking up. You can hear me. You can hear me now? Not quite. So where would I go, you know, until you get your technical difficulty started? Um, right. So I totally agree with you, Tyron, right? Um, Barcelona fans usually point the finger at Coleman. Um, I didn't hear Satyan get this amount of stick. I also heard it from for Valverde, who, if I'm correct, only lose seven games. Um, I think that the Barcelona fans aren't being realistic. I think that Barcelona, the, the how to put it, this Barcelona team is at a stage where there's no middle ground, as you said. Um, their players know trying to make an name for themselves, like really young players. And really old players. There's nobody in the middle that you would you would consider that that in their prime. So Barcelona at a stage where the team grew all together, and now they're trying to filter in all of these younger players because of their financial situation. Players that are supposed to be in their prime either don't fit the style, um, don't fit what the, the coach at the time want are injured which would be the continuous and the Dembele's. Um, the key players in the team is Frankie Dion he's probably like 22 or something right and I don't think he's at the level of a Barcelona midfielder um, Fati you know Fati got potential Fati's like 18, 19 um, you got the boy Gavi I didn't see much of him but 18 again. Um, Des, who came over from the Dutch League, I think Ajax, if I'm correct. He's probably 21, 22. So, like, you again, you got really young players, inexperienced, don't know about winning titles, but for the energy and fight. Correct. Then you got the really old players who, in my opinion, could hang up the books. Um, that's my opinion on Barcelona. I would really like um, the Barcelona fans to, you know, approach the situation from a footballing point of view and not a Barcelona point of view because it's not only Ronald Koeman. It's not only Ronald Koeman. That team, I mean, after going from Messi to Depay and De Jong, like, that's chalk and cheese, right? Yep. Um, I, I I don't think that the fans are realistic. And I am eager to see what this new coach will bring because I've been hearing this for a while. 
And every time a new coach come in, you got the same players, but the results don't change. And then you're on to a new coach. Then you're on to a new coach. So I I hope that that um, Javi gets the job. And let me see what he brings to the table. I don't know if they want him because of his uh, legendary status or if they want him because he's a good coach, a great tactician, a, a good motivator. I don't know. But I am eager to see how he does in the job. Tezio has returned as yet. Tezio? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're still Can breaking you hear me? a bit. You're still breaking a bit, but go ahead. Yeah? Go ahead. I can uh, hear you clear now. Yeah. Yeah. My internet is behaving like, internet behaving like my United you know. All right. So I'm assuming your question is coming from the period of and battle that Coleman got from the Barcelona fans, right? And I think we need where there are different types of fans. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. All right, so we can all call it a night. Um, Hello. Yeah, it is. So we can all call it a night because, <laughs> yeah, your internet, your internet ain't cooperating. Yeah, I don't know what you're Your internet ain't cooperating. Um, so I just want to thank everyone for listening again this week. Um, you know, we're looking forward to doing this again next week, reviewing game week 10 of the Premier League and a preview you go of... Edit out uh, and a preview of game week 11. Um, so, yeah, good night from me. <laughs> Yours truly, Jane Carroll O'Cobham, Tyrone Holder, and Tazio O'Reilly. All right, people. Yeah, good night.